0: This is the Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford Auto Group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.
1: And a good Saturday morning to you and yours. It is Rothenberg on the Hockey Show. And, of course, the Hockey Show brought to you by the All-American Auto Group at locations in Paramus, Hackensack, Oldbridge, and Point Pleasant. And, of course, Slomans, our good friends at Slomans. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME to receive a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Sloman Shield. Keep your family safe. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. So... We have a lot to get into today. I mean, obviously, we'll get into the three locals. Jack Eichel making news with some, some snippy comments about his former team. We'll do the look ahead. Islanders, Rangers, Devils. Uh, Erica Wachter from MSG Networks will join us here on 9870 ESPN on The Hockey Show a little bit later to kind of look at the future because we know what the Devils are right now. It's a team that, you know, be honest, yes, the Devils, they're not going anywhere. There's no chance at the postseason. But what are they for the future? We'll get to that conversation. Uh, with Erica today, just to let the cat out of the bag. Before we start with the Rangers, we'll get into the Rangers. We had a really good win last Sunday and two rough outings since then. One expected, one unexpected. Uh, you've heard correctly. The rumors, in fact, are true. Today is my birthday. Happy birthday thank you. And you, birthday, you get to celebrate my 49th happy birthday, birthday with me. Happy no- Thank you, Anthony. You're very kind. No, this is uh, one before the big one. This is number 49. 365 days from now, huge deal. Right now, yeah, you know what? It's, it's still a birthday. They all count. You do realize that when I finish my show at noon, because my family, what do you want to do, Dad? You know, my, my wife asked me, what do you, you want to do for your birthday? Well, just, just can, I, can we just watch college basketball? Here's what I would like. I would like to not have to deal with the dogs. I would like not to even really see the outside world. I don't want to have to deal with anything real life. All I want to do is lock away and watch college basketball and, and, that's, and then the Rangers tonight, and that's really it. That's all I'm looking forward to. Cujo would be an upgrade over these two dogs that I have. Physically adorable. But you know what? Like Kim Kardashian, physically adorable, but what you get b- below the appearance can sometimes be very difficult. And yeah, I mean, these dogs, impossible. I mean, impossible having to deal with them. So, yeah, it's, it's not, not easy. Barkley, just walking around the house yesterday. Alex, playing with him, decides, I'm I'm just going to urinate. These hardwoods look like they need some uh, some urine, and he just lets go.
2: Well, be that as it may, hopefully the dogs are on their best behavior today, and I hope you have a fantastic birthday
1: D. Well, I think you mean that, and I will take that kindly, and I appreciate that. All right, so the Rangers, in the midst of their uh, longest remaining road trip, it's a four-game swing against really... Some of the better teams in the Western Conference. Let's let's kind of run through what's happened on this on this trip. We'll hear from Gerard Gallant, um, Barkley Goodrow, and Jake, Jacob Truba in just a moment here. But it started wonderfully last Sunday, and it started very early as they paid a visit to the Winnipeg Jets. Now, early on in that one, Barkley, Barkley Goodrow scores his twelfth of the season, uh, making it one nothing for the Rangers. Later on in the first period, Mister Goal Score. Chris Kreider puts in his 37th on the power play. Uh, Panarin and Fox with the assist. That's 45 and 48, respectively. And at the end of the first period, it's Rangers 2. And Jets nothing. Uh the lead is cut in half midway through the second period. Now 2-1 Rangers. And then Chris Kreider again showing that speed. Scoring uh, from Zabinijad and Lafreniere makes it 3-1 in the third. Truba with the goal. It's funny. That goal was Truba. Then it was Zabinijad. Now back to Truba after they really studied the video. Uh, his ninth of the season makes it 4-1 and the Rangers get out of Winnipeg with a 4-1 victory. And you think to yourself, all right, I mean, it was. That's a great start to the road trip. Well, Rangers went to Minnesota on Tuesday night of this week and uh, Georgiev was uh, was the netminder. And Georgie, see, the weird thing about Georgie is when he's yours, when, when Shosturkin's been out and Georgie's been looked at as the starting goaltender for a span, he's pretty good. When he is the guy that spells Shostak in a, a game every ten days, he's really struggled in that role. The Rangers fell behind two nothing after the first period, but to their credit, fought back. And by the time we were eight oh seven into the second, they tied the game at two two and the second goal was from Zabinijad on the on the um the shorthanded variety and tying the game at two. Before the power play was done, it was three two wild. Before the period was done, it was five two wild and that was that was your final score in the game. So I don't think the Rangers fan had a horrible viewpoint of where they were after Tuesday because, you know what, it's not your starting goaltender. He's been phenomenal, right? Just has been just at a different level. And I think there was a lot of, yeah, I think it was a lot of, okay, you know what, when we bring our, our ace in the hole back, all things will be very different Well, it wasn't very different on Thursday night. In fact, it it might have been worse. The Rangers actually killed off three consecutive shorthanded situations in the first period against the Blues, and they were fine. And then things got bad. By the time we were four and a half minutes to go in the first period, this game was already... 3-0 3 nothing St. Louis, and you, you felt just uneasy about the direction of the game. Rangers did have a power play late in the first period. Strom lit the lamp, making it 3-1. Uh, Fox and Shesterkin, that's right, the goaltender, uh, with an assist. So you think to yourself, you know what, maybe they've weathered the storm a little bit, come back out in the second period, and and right the ship. No things got worse and they got worse in a hurry 15 seconds into the second period uh Ryan O'Reilly scores making it 4-1 and by the time we were eight minutes into the second period this game was already 6-1 now Keandre Miller uh gets a goal to make it 6-2 later stages of the second but that that was it Rangers I mean you could argue their worst performance of the entire season on Thursday night uh, against St. Louis. And if you remember, Ryan O'Reilly had some strong words about the Rangers last time when the Rangers beat the Blues at the Garden. Uh, He said, we're better than them. They got the points, but we're a better team than them. And you know what? I don't know if he's right, but in the game on Thursday night of this week, he certainly was. So... Let's take a listen. Rangers, one and two on the week on this road trip. One more remaining. Uh, here is the head coach of the Rangers, Gerard Gallant. Uh, what stood out to you about your team and specifically about this loss again?
3: Yeah, the way we started, you know, the three penalties. And then uh, when we, and we killed the penalties out, that was the best part of it. And then to give them up three goals like that and just look soft. We look soft.
1: They did. They. I mean, it was, really was just a, an awful performance. And so much so that Shosturkin couldn't even make it. Couldn't even make it all the way through. Had to make a change. Couldn't just leave this goaltender out there to dry uh, for the extended period in this game. And and he didn't. Uh, Was that a message? Was pulling Igor a message that, you know what, he's not always going to be there to bail this club out?
3: well exactly i mean how many times can you do it you know and uh, he had no chance in the first goal and i mean a couple of tap ins there's not, no chance at all so you know you get frustrated and you hope you wake your guys up it didn't really but they should be embarrassed a little bit the way this guy plays for them all year and then they come out tonight and play like that after a game in minnesota that we weren't too good in
1: yeah so that's two in a row on this trip that the rangers really have uh have certainly struggled in more from the uh the Rangers head coach Gerard Gallant. What was the message on the bench going on during this game?
3: Wasn't too positive. Just I, I sort of shut my mouth and let them play because uh, there's not many good things you can say. You know, you, you, uh, you're frustrated. Yeah, you, the fourth goal was really the one that was a tough one to swallow. You know, what 15 seconds in the second period after playing the way we did in the first, so that was sort of. well, you get frustrated, you know, and you got to move on. That's all you can do. But it was real disappointing.
1: Well, you can you can hear the anger in his voice, and he's right. I mean, the goal to start the second period because I'm sure he he brought the guys into the locker room and said that it's unacceptable. You took too many penalties in the first period. You allowed three goals in the first period. But guys, you fought back. You got the goal. Feed off that momentum. Fifteen seconds into the second period, and, and uh, they had scored yet again. Did St. Louis? That was that was really absolutely awful. But this happens, right? I mean, it's a long season, and you get stretches where you take a a step back or have a rough patch and it's still a very young team that being said do you feel like something has to change after these
3: two losses with your team no no again i'm not making excuse for our roster we got some guys that we're missing and it's showing a little bit in the last few games so hopefully we can get it back in dallas and you know start to play a little bit better hockey you know and i'm not blaming the guys it's just when you got things going like we had all year pretty smooth and pretty regular lineup it makes it pretty easy to just throw all your lines over and uh, you know what you're going to get and now it seems like we're making a lot of mistakes the last two games. They are, and these things compound
1: themselves. You know, you, you get out to a slow start. I mean, listen, you were, you were I mean, a gorgeous save away from taking a one nothing lead on that, you know, almost goal by Dryden Hunt. You score that goal, all of a sudden, maybe this game has a completely different feel to it. But it's the it's the minutia of hockey and that it works for you positively and negatively. And last couple have been rough for the Rangers. One of the I mean, the gritty, tough guys on this team, and that's Barclay Goodrow brought in, obviously, to add that that bit of uh, tenacity and intensity uh, and really kind of causing some some muck and mire uh, out on the ice was asked, you know, can you learn from this game against St. Louis?
3: Yeah, I think there's, you know, there's lessons that can be learned. Obviously, like Troop said, you know, we're little, whether it's locks today's days cold or we're not fully dialed in or, you know, we're making, you know, little mistakes in the D zone and the D zone and, and it's costing us right now. So, you know, we have to learn from those and, uh, but also turn the page. We got, you know, big game on Saturday. We, um, you know, if we can, you know, find a way to get two points and
1: and uh, the road trip in the right way. Right. I mean, listen, they haven't played well. I don't think anybody would argue that they have. But if you're the Rangers and you go out and win this game tonight, all of a sudden what you'd say was not a very good road trip – is 2-2, two and two, and you get four points off, and then that's not the worst thing in the world. One more soundbite I wanted to play. Oh, we heard from uh, the head coach about what it was like on the bench. Here is uh, Jacob Truba. What was it like on the bench during this game?
2: Keep playing.
3: I think we got something to prove to ourselves. we got to get our game back to where, where we want it to be. It's not there right now, so you can't really throw periods away, throw shifts away. you got to make the most of, of what you have to try to
2: get your game back on track, and we've got another crack on on Saturday. Well, we haven't been able to say a lot that the
1: Rangers were outplayed and kind of run out of the building. But you you saw that not once, but really twice this week and just performances that were not glowing from this club. But for the most part, this has been a a really, really solid season for this team. So we have a lot to do today. Like I told you, Erica Wachter will join us in, uh, in just a couple of minutes to get into the Devils. It'll be a good conversation. The Islanders, I think you could argue the Islanders on Thursday night of this week had their best performance of the entire season. A phenomenal performance from the Islanders. So we'll go Islanders next, then get into the Devils, then a little look ahead at what we have coming up this week. And then, of course, Jack Eichel uh, made some news around the league uh, earlier this week as well. It is the Hockey Show. I thank you for the birthday wishes. Rothenberg with you right here on a Saturday morning on 98.7 ESPN.
4: Andy from Merrick presents today's Defensive Analytics, sponsored by Sloman's The Leader in Home Defense. A player's plus-minus ratio speaks loudly as to the success a player is having when he is on the ice for his team. This season, Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad have put up very positive numbers. These numbers go a long way towards explaining the Rangers' emergence this season.
0: Back to the Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.
1: All right, Saturday morning already rolling along. We appreciate you joining us on 9870 ESPN. It is as you've slowly fallen in love with the hockey show. We touched on the Rangers who have not had a great week. Uh Islanders have had a better week, certainly, that can be said. Let's kind of recap where we were. I want to stop with with the, the game of the season for the Islanders and really spend some time on the game against the Blue Jackets from Thursday of this week. Uh Islanders last Saturday. So take take it back a week uh against St. Louis. That game was was at home. Uh Wallstrom scores for the Islanders, making it one nothing. Uh, somewhat early stages of the first period. Uh, that one goal lead holds until the second period. That's when Brock Nelson scores on the power play, making it 2-0. Uh, Robert Thomas for the Blues cuts the lead in half late second, late third period, rather. 2-1. Uh, and that, that was it. Uh, and for his terrific outing, Ilya Sorokin gets the second star of the game, stopping 23 of the 24 shots thrown his way. Brock Nelson, who had a goal. Uh, in fact, the game winning goal gets the number one star in the Islanders often running this week with a good win uh, against the St. Louis Blues. Then Monday night, uh, you could argue m- maybe the most offensively um, talented team in all the NHL uh, pays a visit to uh, UBS Arena. That's the Colorado Avalanche. Well, Islanders actually scored first. Anders Lee, we'll get more to, about Anders Lee in a little bit. Anders Lee on the power play, his 15th of the season, giving the Islanders a, a one-nothing lead. It was one one by the end of the uh, first period. And we go one one into the third, and that's when things kind of fell apart for the Islanders. At four oh six, Nathan McKinnon, he scores. Uh at six thirty four, Colorado scores again at seven forty one again at eight twenty seven. In the first eight twenty-seven of the period, um Colorado had scored four goals going up five to one. Now that being said Islanders answered, and they answered quickly. Uh, at 11.58, Anders Lee on the power play makes it 5-2. Casey is at 13.28, 5-3. And Brock Nelson, with 27 seconds left, made it 5-4. All kind of window dressing. Islanders uh, incapable of putting another goal on the board to tie it and send it to uh, the three-on-three overtime. And 5-4 is the final at home uh, against Colorado. And then you have Columbus And Columbus, on Thursday night now of this week, uh, pays a visit. Uh, And what happens when Columbus pays a visit? Well, it's the Islanders. Like I said, maybe their best performance of the entire season. Uh, Brock Nelson at 1032 uh, scores his 22nd. He's been red hot. That's on the power play. Then the second period, all Islanders. Uh, at 6:08, it's Josh Bailey. Uh, Andersley again. Uh, JG Pajot scores his tenth. This on the shorthanded variety, making it four nothing. And then at 11:57, Andersley again. And then at 19:58, with just two seconds left, for the first time in his career, Andersley with the hat trick. And here is the voice of the Islanders on the hat trick, Chris King center point with 10 seconds to go they move it left circle they have lee in the slot and they get on the puck one more time they're trying to feed anders instead of pass loose puck loose anders lee empty net shoot. Well, thanks to Chris King, 1050 AM. And that is, uh, of course, uh, Anders Lee. And it's a shame that Chris can't have a little bit of emotion and just get remotely excited for these games. Uh, Despite having his first ever hat trick, Anders Lee gets the second star of the game. Josh Bailey, the third star. Ilya Sorokin, sensational. He gets the number one star. Of the night, stopping all 25 shots thrown his way. But really, some, some big news for the Islanders. With a big victory. And I think arguably you can say their best performance from beginning to end of the entire season. A 6-0 whitewash of Columbus. So we heard from Chris King. Now let's move our attention to the head coach. Here is Barry Trotz on Lee's first hat trick for the Isles.
5: Well, I think, uh, you know, Anders is very, very much respected in that room. And uh, I think they were very happy for him. Uh, I don't think there was a, a person there that wasn't uh, wasn't happy for him. That's really good. That was a surprise to me because Anders is always around the net. You'd think he would have got a hat trick o- over the years and his first one. So that's that's good. That's a great thing.
1: Some some news for the Islanders. And you can tell that there's some so just some joy in, in watching a guy uh, reach this accomplishment as Barry Trotz, very pleased with Anders Lee. Um, getting his first hat trick in the NHL. All right, more from Barry Trotz: the importance of what Lee leadership wise means to this team.
5: I think Anders is uh, his voice is is has a lot of uh, uh, I'll say it has a lot of, of merit in the room when he speaks the guys the guys know it's it's genuine they know that he cares you know when I first when I first got here and I didn't know very many of the Islander players at all other than coaching against them and I called every one of them when I got here and tried to get a little bit of uh, background on each player and I uh, I usually finished with uh, one of my last questions if you had a had to have a captain because john Tavares was the captain of the islanders for so many years who would your f- vote be and it was almost unanimous that that Anders would be the next next guy so that tells you uh, all you need to know as a as a coach or a fan or uh, anybody in hockey that they, there's a lot of respect uh, there for the way he plays the way he handles himself and the way he takes care of himself
1: now we have some uh, differentiation on on name pronunciation uh, I go with Anders. Chris King goes with Anders. And then interestingly enough, Barry Trotz started Anders and then finished up Anders. So uh, I don't maybe we'll have to get uh, Lee on the show to get a p- proper pronunciation. But Anthony, what, what do you go with? What's your your form of uh, Anders or Anders?
2: Seems like we're going with equal opportunity pronunciation. here. Yeah, it does. I right? always went with Anders.
1: I've always gone with Anders, too, and then I heard Chris King, and he went Anders, and then amazingly, Barry Trotz, he actually split the baby. He went with both.
2: And, of course, when you ask a hockey player, they say they don't care, which is always a fun fun exercise. I'll take
1: that over him telling us he likes one way better than the other, and then you, you mess up the pronunciation. So, all bets are off. We can go with whatever we want. So, if you are in your car right now on this Saturday morning saying, is it Anders, is it Anders, you know what? you can kind of choose your own adventure go with whatever it is that you want more from i think i'm saying this right Barry Trotz the Islanders head coach what was the difference in this game against Columbus.
5: The key moment for me in the whole game was Sorokin uh, shorthanded in the first period. They, he, I mean, he made a, a great save and then he, he, they, they had a breakaway in the, in the second period and he made another save. So uh, to me, those were key moments where they were still sniffing for something to get back in the game and we didn't give it to them. I thought we did a really good job of limiting their skill, especially Lalline. We were on top of him. You know, I think it was the third goal if I mistake a third or fourth goal where we jumped on on him and were able to turn it into into a goal uh penalty kill was huge and, and obviously we got some big saves so um but I thought we had good balance in the game we, we didn't give them a lot five on five I think uh when I do the chances they'll have like nine or ten probably five on five and probably seven on a probably on the power play so I even said to Casey you want to take one more to set a record or something on the bench at ready right, there's only like a minute or a second and a half which is you he's he declined that one so so we had a little chuckle of that clutter laughed at that one for sure
1: it's all fun in games when you're you're beating the opposition by the score of uh of six to nothing he made quick mention of it let's let's dive a little bit deeper on the the penalty kill and then following that up with a goal right after here's uh Barry Trotz
5: that's the game you, you know you see it so many times a big save and then you go down or, or someone hits a post and you go down and, and they score on a you know on a nothing play or something like that that's the game of hockey and uh, usually when you get those saves or, or you get those breaks you're able to turn it into something uh, successful so we were and we, we made the most of it so but I haven't seen that many five on threes in all year really I, I think two in the game so
1: well, there you have it. As the Islanders again, they, this has been a, a rough season for numerous reasons, but that was uh, about as good as it gets for the Islanders on, on Thursday night against um, Columbus. Now, you remember with, with the um, the Miami Dolphins, they had the Killer Bees. Islanders have the uh, defensive P pairing, the Killer Peas, Pelican and Pollock, and here is Barry Trotz discussing the the reuniting of his Killer Peas.
5: Well, I think you're, you're seeing the old mojo that they had as a, as a pair starting to, to take effect. It's sort of like riding a bike, but a little different. I think that they're, they're getting that comfort level. They're getting that balance and, and they're playing against the top lines again and take nothing away. I, I thought, uh, you know, uh, the, the Greenie and Dobson and, and Mayfield and Aho, all three pairs are really good tonight. And I didn't have any reservations on who was on the ice for the most part. I thought there's good spacing all over the ice between our forwards and our D and I I think we had really one shift where we got running around a little bit we got into a sort of a chasing around into man-on-man coverage where we're not really a man-on-man coverage team Uh, but we got running around and it it looked like a little bit of a a circus out there for us for 25 seconds or so but other than that we were pretty solid I thought all night.
1: And Ilya Sorokin had a really, really good week for the Islanders. So you know, maybe again, this team's not going to go to the postseason. It'd be very unlikely, but but at least they have um, at least they played hard down the stretch for their their coach and trying to put good standing for the remainder of this season, heading in uh, to next season. Similar conversation with the Devils, who feels like maybe they've turned that corner a little bit, playing a little better hockey late stages of the year. Erica Wachter from the MSG Networks will join us. We'll break down where we are with the Devils and a look ahead to next season uh, for New Jersey. All that coming your way on a Saturday morning of the Hockey Show, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's get a little extra money in your pocket.
4: Andy from Merrick Presents, wager plays for the weekend of March 12th and 13th. For Saturday evening, the Anaheim Ducks visit New Jersey to take on the young and upcoming Devils. With suspect goaltending on both ends of the ice, over is the play for that game. Turning to Sunday, those same Anaheim Ducks visit UBS Arena. A short turnaround time and a tough Islander defensive scheme points the betting arrow towards the under. Andy from Merrick's Wager Plays are for entertainment only. As always, bet with your head, not with your heart. Gambling problem? Dial 877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y.
0: Now back to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.
1: And here we are on this Saturday morning on the Hockey Show. Rothenberg with you, 98.7 ESPN. We've looked at the Rangers, Islanders as well, and let's get into the Devils a little bit, uh, how they did this last week, what they have coming up, and maybe trade deadline conversation as well. We bring in Erica Wachter from the MSG Network covers the, uh, the Devils. Erica, firstly, before we even get started, thanks for joining us for a few minutes here on a Saturday morning.
2: Oh, my pleasure, Dave. I enjoy your work. Love listening to you. I'm in the car, so happy to be on with you.
1: I'll, I'll take that as a positive. Thank you very much. I greatly appreciate that. <laughs> so record aside, because obviously you're not going to look at the devil's record and say this is a, a team that's had great success this year. But do you feel because this past week, right, you, you have the. um hmm. The 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 win over Colorado, which I mean, might be a signature win on the season. Do you feel like there's reason for optimism surrounding this team heading forward into into next season with some of the young talent they have?
2: I really do, and that Colorado win, I agree with you, A signature win. And I think you know what stands out is the goal scores in that game. It wasn't you know your Jesper Bratz, your Jack Hughes. They were without their captain for that game, so um, that being Nico Heischer, and I think you know, to get that kind of effort from the entire lineup and just kind of have these guys clicking and playing for one another when it's really easy at this point of the season to just kind of not pack it in, but it's just a similar situation that they've been in the past few years, unfortunately, but the way they've been competing, I think it's really bright times ahead. And I know the fans are kind of tired of talking about this young team and the future is being bright, but it really is the truth. And I think we're seeing that they can play with anyone and they're just still getting themselves in that learning to win process. But a win against the top team in the NHL, I think that goes a long way for the guys in the room.
1: And that was on the heels of another great win against the Blues on, on Sunday night. So, uh, I mean – We thought maybe this year and I don't think playoffs were realistic, but maybe we thought they'd compete for a playoff spot like we got late in the stages of the season. And hey, look, there's a chance. Obviously, there's not. That's okay. Do you think next year, like expectations hitting into next season are going to be different are going to be? You know what? When we get to April, at least to have a, a chance to get to the postseason is is necessary. Or do you think it could be another full rebuild season next year?
2: I think there's still some unknowns right now. I think definitely making that push to being in March, in April, playing competitive hockey and meaningful games in the sense that, yes, you're competing to get yourself in the playoffs. I think that's probably the more realistic goal at this point. But to your point, you know, starting off the homestand with a win over St. Louis, that's been a team that it seems like forever has kind of had the devil's number and they sweep that season series. Those are big wins. This Western conference is um, I, I joke it's the wild, wild west out there, but surely there, all these teams are battling for the playoff spot. So I think in a way that this homestand the Devils have right now that they are they find themselves in, it, and unfortunately they had uh, a tough 2-1 loss to the Winnipeg Jets, but the homestand is kind of teaching them what it's like to be in these, these games and understand what it does mean to be playing these meaningful games that are pushing you to get into a playoff position. So To me, I think that's probably the most realistic step. You don't want to just jump in. And, of course, you want to see them get to the playoffs. It's been so long, you know. This is my fourth season. We haven't been there. It was the year prior. And then we know it's been a long drought prior to that. It was the Stanley Cup uh, Finals in 2012. Um, I think hammering out some of these different positions, especially the goaltending position, first and foremost, but the way that youthful core is coming along, I think next year could be a very big stride.
1: So walk me through the trade deadline here. Obviously, the Devils are not competing for a spot. Are there pieces that are looked at from teams around the league as, you know what, we would love to have our hands on this? Or or do you think that they're not all that active as we approach the deadline?
2: I'll be curious to see. Um, You hear a couple rumors here and there. Um, I know a name that's kind of tossed around, Pavel Zaka. You're hearing Andreas Janssen in the mix as well. But the one thing with uh, general manager, Tom Fitzgerald, he's always kind of said, he's not going to not take a call. So of course he's going to listen to anything that comes his way, but it has to make sense. And I think at this point it has to make sense for long-term for the devil. So, you know, they don't want to just find themselves selling off and, and restarting again. I think they have those core pieces that are essentially untouchables for this group right now, but you know, I would be curious to see what that goaltending market is right now and if the Devils can kind of um, go in that direction. We have a very young netminder right now, Nico Dawes, 21 years old. He's been really strong, but you know, to his point, he talks about it all the time. He knows he has to do more development, and he's been great, but he's thrown into a situation where he's just playing a lot of games right now and the goaltending situation as a whole, Mackenzie Blackwood, who – Was your starter coming into the season and Jonathan Bernier supposed to be a 1A, 1B type situation. Both of those players are out on injured reserve and they have been for a long time. So I think if you get another player to have a nice tandem to finish out the season to give Nico Dahls some breaks and kind of just help lock up that spot. Because as we've seen anywhere in the NHL, you need strong goaltending I mean, look no further than the New York Rangers with Igor Shesterkin and, and how he's just been winning them games left and right this season. And that just gives so much confidence to the guys in front of him.
1: Erica Wachter with us here from the MSG Network covers the Devils. Uh, feels like Jack Hughes has kind of reached that, that moment, that point where you were expecting him to be, right? It's still very early in his career. And certainly, and like many young kids do, he – I don't want to say struggles, but he had some growing pains, I think is fair to say. Is he now the player and and burgeoning into the player that they anticipated early stages of his career?
2: I really think so. And he talks about it. That rookie season was an absolute struggle for him. Um he was very disappointed and I think it was it was good that it wasn't easy for him because it made him come Realized what he needed to do in that first off season. And now here he is in year three and he's taken his game to a whole nother level Um, this week, especially uh, that game against Winnipeg. It seems like he had the puck on his stick the entire game and his skating is just next level. My on-air partner, Bryce Salvador always talks about what he sees between the benches and Jack's always ready to just get back out there on the ice. He loves playing hockey He loves, um, I mean, it's no secret, this kid is very confident. He says he's cocky, and he wants to be the guy out there. And I think um, the way he's come back from that shoulder injury, too, having that adversity this season after he dislocated his shoulder, missed 17 games, he's averaging over a point per game, 43 points this year in 38 games played. I mean, I just really wonder what would it have been if he did not miss that big stretch of hockey because he's just been so much fun. To watch, And it seems like no matter what line he's on, he's making the guys around him better.
1: It, it does feel like he's kind of on the verge of taking that that step. And I don't want to say superstardom because that's that's a big word, but but into becoming a really, really good player in this league. So let me ask you, it's still a team that, you know, obviously doesn't have a great record. They're, you know, 11 games below 500. There have been moments where it's been a slog and a struggle this season. Uh, if you had to pinpoint one thing that you say has to improve from this to next season for this team to... To not even get in, but just make that next step and take that. We're getting closer to the pl- to the playoffs, to the postseason. What what would that be? What what would that next step be?
2: Uh, well, I think again, goaltending is probably the biggest you know priority. Just you want to lock that up, make sure you have that covered. It's not a worry, night in, night out of who's going to be mm-hmm. starting. We've gone through six net miners this season. It's just kind of insane that that position but aside from that i think it's just that consistency and making sure you know you bring it every night and and that sounds so easy to say i know it's like what every team would be probably saying as the answer but it's that maturity aspect of being such a young group of understanding that you cannot take the time off because when you look back at so many of the losses this season it's usually been just these little lapses of probably you know, five minutes where things just fall apart and the team has been unable to recover. So I think if it's just that mental aspect and really focusing on that, that could go a long way. And of course, you need to lock up some secondary scoring because you're getting it from your big guys and they've been stepping up, been delivering, but we need to make sure that that depth scoring is there and all four lines are contributing every night. So just making sure players are understanding their roles and, and kind of having that pressure to produce as well, I think would be big.
1: All right, so let me put you on the spot. I, I mean, in, in your mind, is is Dawes the answer at, at goaltender long term for this team?
2: Well, I mean, I, I think they're still going with Blackwood. I think that would still be the first bet. He's really shown a lot in his first couple of seasons, but Dawes has certainly shown himself to be a, a potential, and and if not just a backup, he's really kind of made them think, hey, maybe this is our our secondary guy. Um, I think he's got a very bright future and he's really had not much time in North American hockey. So I think as we see his development come along, that's a position, um, you know, we're playing in the AHL for a bit would really help you. So he's been lightened up down there, come up in the NHL and really delivered. But I think if he gets that proper um, experience, then he could be a really bright spot. But I think the way he's come out this year and, and his last couple of weeks, I think they're certainly starting to think about the depth themselves and and potentially he could be right there in the mix.
1: Uh, when you look at this club, is there something that excites them about possibly playing spoiler down the stretch of the season?
2: I think so. I think they've kind of found themselves in that situation the past couple of years and they don't want to be in that situation, but it is nice when you're able to kind of uh, – knock someone out of a top spot. And even earlier, we had a signature win against the Carolina Hurricanes. And at the time, you, you take him out of the first place in the Metro. And I think it's those little wins along the way like that that can help a team. But right now, you're in a chance to, you know, take someone else out of the playoffs and, and join you there, unfortunately, watching in the postseason. And I think that could be a good motivating factor. And another thing that Head Coach Lenny Ruff is talking about, Aside from from that, which I know is a contributing factor to it's just making sure that these individual guys are reaching the goals that they've set for themselves. So I think that enough is motivation because while you're not playing for the postseason, you are playing for your job. And I think we can't forget that. And nothing is guaranteed. So these guys are trying to prove that they should be on this team. They should be back next year. And the guy that really intrigues me most is Jesper Bratt. Because the year that he's put together has just been incredible, and I think it's time that he's getting that due and recognition around the league with putting together 55 points, 53 games. It's just been so much fun to watch, and he's up for a contract this year, so we've seen him hold out in the past. And I'm curious to see uh, what GM Tom Fitzgerald and and Jesper Bratt agree upon this offseason because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of takers for him as well if they couldn't get a deal done.
1: Well, Erica, listen, i got to thank you for waking up early with us uh, this Saturday morning. Uh, weather is not great, so say uh, stay dry as you can today, and uh, we appreciate a couple minutes, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to do this before the uh, the end of the season. Thanks so much
2: oh thank you so much dave appreciate it stay safe
1: all right you too big thanks to erica for breaking down the devils and and the future of what this organization looks like uh by the way devils back on the ice tonight they take on the ducks pre-game coverage getting underway at 6 30 p.m on msg plus and how about this and it, it all ties in on the hockey show it's the genius of what we do here on the hockey show a giveaway what giveaway islanders no rangers no Devils. Makes perfect sense. We have an autographed New Jersey Devils puck to give away right now. Easy to enter. Text Goal, G O A L, to 44202. Again, that's Goal to 44202. We'll select a winner at random and send them a signed puck. All from your home for the hookup. Your good friends right here on 987 ESPN. It's look ahead time in two ways. We'll look at the locals and we'll look back at Jack Eichel and what was a very nasty comment from the superstar in his return to Buffalo. That's next look ahead time right
4: here on the hockey show on 987 ESPN. Today's hockey heart spotlight shines on the devil's youth foundation. This foundation sees the many challenges that New Jersey youth face and try to provide healthy alternatives to improve the chances of success for kids. The Devil's philanthropic legacy includes funding and support to programs throughout the state of New Jersey and empower children with access to opportunities, skills, and resources they need to reach their full potential. Want to make a positive impact on New Jersey youth? Support the Champions Gala on March 28th at the iconic Walman Rink in New York City. The gala will feature Olympic champions and hockey greats. To get more information on the gala or to donate, go to devilsyouthfoundation.org. Hockey Heart Spotlight is brought to you by the law offices of Andrew M. Cohn. For two decades, providing high-end legal services for families who have a child with a disability. The power play is to call 516-877-0595 or go to the web at amcohenlaw.com. Back to the Hockey Show with Dave
0: Rothenberg, presented by the All American Auto Group, the number one Ford Auto Group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.
1: And it is the Hockey Show. We've done so much today, but we're not quite done yet. We lead you up to Joe Wiz in just a moment, and then I'm back for a full three hour extravaganza, ganza, whatever you like to say, at nine o'clock this morning here. On 98.7 ESPN. It is the hockey show brought to you by Slomans. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME to receive a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Sloman shield. Keep your family safe. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. So Thursday night, as all our locals were playing, another team in New York State was also playing and Jack Eichel on the Golden Knights was making his return to Buffalo. Uh, it did not go... It wasn't a warm return. First of all, can we stop with the video tributes for guys that have at one point played? But if they don't leave on good standing, why in the world would you show a video tribute? So that's what Buffalo does. And then to spoil the return... Buffalo wins this one by the final score of 3-1. to one. So you think maybe Eichel will take the high road, get out of Dodge, and you know what, I'm just happy to be done. Uh, it, it's a great fan base. We didn't win, blah, 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 and get out of there. No, no, no. Petty as ever, here is Jack Eichel reacting to what Buffalo's crowd did to him booing-wise in the game.
5: Just about the loudest I've heard this place ever.
3: Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Really? It only took seven years and me leaving for them to uh, get into the
1: game. But, uh, you know, it was a nice tribute. There was plenty of people here that were supporting me, and there was plenty of people here that were booing me. So uh, they must just be booing me because they wish I was still here. I don't know. You know, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not the first kid to deal with it. So I'll just move on, and uh, yeah, it was a tough game. You know, give them
2: credit. They play hard.
1: I love how he's the victim. Right. He forced his way out, didn't want to be with Buffalo for whatever reason. Fine. You don't like the way the organization is run. You don't think there's a future there for you. Fine. But now now you're the victim. I mean, sure, it's the loudest. I've heard that arena in in seven years. Come on. Well, let's remember,
2: Dave, they didn't want him to get the surgery either.
1: Yes. So I
2: I, I see both sides here. I'm not not saying
1: Anthony, I'm not saying that. That he shouldn't feel upset with the way. But you know what? Take the high road. You don't have to take these little jabs at your, at your former organization. Just say, you know after what? you lost. You, you lost the game. They booed you. The video tributes at this point are, are just, they're asinine. It is ridiculous. But you know what? They got the win. Good for them. We move on. I have bigger things to concern myself with. And that's it. Instead of doing this. And then, and then making the hockey show. There was no anticipation for us to put Jack Eichel's sound in the hockey show today. But that's what we do. We adjust on the fly. And if you're going to make nonsensical comments like that, we're going to play it and we're going to hear it. All right. Uh, let's take a little look at this day in hockey history March 12th, 1966. The day that I was minus seven. Uh, Bobby Hall passes Maurice Richard and Bernie Boom Boom Jeffrey on for the most goals in one season when he scores, how about this now, 51. His 51st was the most ever in a season for the Blackhawks. Uh, did that in the third period of a 4-2 victory against the Rangers, of course, at the old Chicago Stadium. So on this date in hockey history, we appreciate that little look years and years and years in the rearview mirror. Now let's take a look at the upcoming schedule presented by the All-American Auto Group with locations in Paramus, Hackensack, Oldbridge, and Point Pleasant, the number one Ford auto group in the entire northeast check them out at allamericanford.net all right rangers one more game on the road and then they're home it's tonight 7 30 right here on 98 7 espn in dallas against the stars then rangers off on sunday off on monday back at it on Tuesday, at home against the ducks six thirty. you can catch that game also right here on ninety eight seven ESPN. And Thursday, throw the records out the window. The Islanders come to town six thirty, Thursday night right here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, The Islanders schedule, what does it look like? So tomorrow, Sunday, 7 o'clock, against the Ducks, the game you can hear actually right here on 98.7 ESPN. And then Tuesday at the Capitals, and I'm sure Rangers fans will be rooting for the Islanders in that one at the Capitals, Catch that one on 10.50 a.m. And then Thursday, like I mentioned, the Islanders, Rangers, the Rangers broadcast here on 98.70 SPN starting at 6.30. The Islanders broadcast, Chris King, uh, 6.30 over on 10.50 a.m. As far as the Devils are concerned, uh, tonight, Devils in action against the Ducks. So the Ducks get to to wet their beaks against all three of the locals. Come on, that was pretty good. Uh, Ducks go up against the Devils. That game is tonight uh, in New Jersey. Then on Tuesday, the Devils start a road trip. Uh, Out west in Vancouver, that's a 10 o'clock puck drop. And then on Wednesday, one of the better teams quietly in the NHL this season, the Calgary Flames. So there you have it. Rangers, one more on the road trip, and then they're home for two. Islanders, one more at home, and then they're on the road for two. Devils, one more at home, and then they start a west coast trip. Uh, four, two. So that's the week ahead, the look ahead for the three locals. We put a big bow on this one. Thanks have to go out, and they will. Anthony Pusic, who uh, chimes in occasionally, just does a great job putting the show together here on a Saturday morning. Huge thanks to you. The great Raymond Deanann, big thanks to him as well. Andy from Merrick, our executive producer here on the show. Tremendous job by Andy as well. So... Yeah, and thank you very much. It is number 49. We are one year away, God willing, from making it to the big 5-0. Big thanks to everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, Joe Wiz coming your way in just a moment. Then I'm back with you at 9 o'clock, taking you till noon right here on 98.7 ESPN. For everybody that's affiliated with the hockey show, uh, we'll be back in just an hour. Have a great week, and let's enjoy that hockey right here uh, on 98.7 ESPN.
0: Thanks for listening to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.